Hey y'all, welcome back to another mer- Wow, can't talk. Welcome back to another episode of Murder Moses. Almost said another murder most murder sode of murder most. That's cute though. A murder sode? You just did something there. You just did something. Put it on a shirt. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> um hey y'all. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. What what you drinking? What y'all drinking today? I'm not drinking anything today. Uh, I'm drinking water. Oh. I feel like crap, so I'm drinking water. Which, you know, is just so not me to have water on this podcast. Um, I'm going to sound like an alcoholic then. Um, I do have water with me. Um, I have a tequila shot, and I'm drinking this little cute can with pineapples over it. It's a carbonated pineapple wine with natural flavors and one can equals half a bottle of wine because two of them equal one so fraction um it it tastes just like a pineapple which is dangerous but fun stuff okay where'd you where'd you get it total wine they come in little individual cans they only have it at Total Wine or do they have it at other places? Um, I don't know because I only I only ever look at Total Wine. So. <laughs> Are you a rewards you. member? I'm a rewards member there. I'm not. Give them my phone number every time you go so I can get points. That's kind of like what I do when I go to Sephora in Ulta. Yeah. I put in your number. Do it all. <laughs> do it all. Because I need all my points, all my coupons and such that they email me. But you got to spend a shit ton of money at Total Wine just to get like $5 off. It's crazy. Yeah. Because I used to be at the liquor store every week, bro. Every week making margaritas and shit. Because of your fiance, he the reason why I be making strong ass margaritas. You make strong everything. It's very dangerous. Yeah. I still remember the first time we went to like a restaurant. I don't remember where we went. Oh yeah, we went to Pluckers for Chad's birthday that year after Six Flags. And he sits down and he was like, uh, two what did he say? Two double double whiskey cokes or something. The whiskey chugged both of them. Like the waiter really bought him too. He chugged both. He's like, I'll have another. What? Like what like he chugged stuff in like two seconds. Literally. Honestly, it's like an Olympic sport. I mean, he doesn't anymore, but like it's <laughs> I used to just be like, let me see you chug this because it's, um, it's amazing because I, I don't know. I can't, I can barely take shots. I can barely take a whole shot. <laughs> and so the fact that his throat opens up like that is just astonishing to me. His throat opens up. That could be taken so many ways. <laughs> well, <I don't> know. <laughs> it's probably going to be the name of the episode. You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, how was y'all's week? Y'all doing good? Every, everybody fine? Awful. I'm glad it's done. Bro, TBH. <laughs> I haven't worked fucking 52 hours this week. I'm fucking tired. Tired of working for the man. Mm. <laughs> mm. Man. That, that, that's for damn show. 
Yeah, so let's so y'all tell your friends, tell your friends to listen to us so we can get signed or something. Cause uh I think we're really funny. I wanna quit my job. So do it for us. Oh Lord. Um yeah. Honestly, yeah. Y'all I don't feel good today, y'all. So we just gonna get right back into it. You know, I usually do my little small talk, but you know what? Y'all, it's just it's been a day. It's been a day. It's been a week. It's been a month. It's been a year. Bruh. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty six months. It's been a tough twinkie twinkie. It's been a tough one. Twinkie, twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I guess I will go first this week, and yeah, I had mm, just kidding. I was gonna talk about something else, but I just decided to talk about this story this week. So you may know this person. Uh, he goes, his name is Richard Kuklinski, also known as. The Ice Man. I said I was gonna talk about him. Yes, I thought you were saying like someone we went to school with or something. I was oh, like, oh, God, I should have seen your face. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God! <laughs> oh my God, Terry! No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yes, the Ice Man. We oh, stand the Ice. Yeah, <laughs> we do that. We do. So, uh, he is. I like to call a crazy ass Aries like my husband because he was born April 11th, 1935. I didn't know he was that fucking old. He was born 1935. He was born. What's the documentary you filmed? Bruh. Oh, wow. I didn't know. Okay. Well, he old as shit. Okay. So, uh, who is listening to Motor Moses as we're recording Motor Moses? I'm trying to, I'm trying to back out of this thing. This just sums up the week. I got 15 alarms going off. What just happened? I got 15 alarms going off over here. I'm trying to get everything off. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's get back on track here. Uh, so, um, as a kid, he was abused by his parents. Um, his dad was an alcoholic who beat him every day um and his dad fun fact ended up beating his brother so bad that he ended up killing him so once he killed his own son he decided to abandon the family so naturally i mean why his, fucking not yeah why not you know <laughs> already killed him you know so naturally his mom becomes the person that's beating him every fucking day and he was like a small kid and if y'all don't know he is six foot five or was six foot five so he's like a small kid um he was bullied a lot by the neighborhood kids and stuff so he um actually decided to quote unquote cope by killing cats and dogs to make himself feel powerful as a kid there it is um and he actually committed his first murder at the age of 13. He killed a neighborhood kid yeah. uh, that was bullying him. And he didn't want them to. And if y'all if y'all seen his documentaries, nobody knew about this until his documentary. But he killed the kid. And uh, but he ended up pulling out all of his teeth and cutting his fingers off so that nobody could identify the body. Absolutely not. So then... After he kills him and does all that, 
he goes after all his other bullies and beats them <laughs> nearly to death I mean, with an iron rod. He's fucking 13 years old. Let's just keep saying that. Like, he's 13 at this time. That's crazy. Eighth grade me? Like, I don't know. Like, at least, it, you know, I'm not saying it was right at all, but at least it wasn't some random kids. It was people who were hurting his feet. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. What is he, and fucking Dexter? So- he's just going around <laughs> killing all the bad guys? Yeah. No, in, in, in the documentary, he was quoted saying something like, um, when he did all that, he figured out that it was easier to give than to take the abuse and stuff. So, and that's kind of what's yeah. had him start doing this. So, um, when he got older, he became a pool shark. Um, in his spare time, he pretty much killed anybody that rubbed him the wrong way. He would shoot him, stab him, beat him, whatever. But, you know, he was a gentleman. He didn't kill women, so, you know, he had that going for him. Um, and he pretty much just left the bodies wherever he killed them, or he would dump them in the Hudson River. Um, and he started working for the Gambino crime family and became their enforcer. Um, and like I said, he was 6'5", so he was really intimidating. Um, and as a test, they were driving down the road one day, and one of the members of the family pointed out this guy and was like, go kill him. You know what he did? He fucking killed him. This man is just walking his fucking dog and he shoots him in the back of the fucking head. Like, oh, what? So then he ends up uh, pretty much killing anybody that crosses the family, you know, whether they're witnesses, cops, who, who he doesn't care. He's going to kill whoever they want him to. Um, and he ended up killing over 200 people over a span of 30 years. Um, and you know he was really hard to catch because he he really had no preference in how he killed people so i mean he would use guns crossbows shotguns knives cyanide like he's 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 fucking crazy and there's actually this story um and i couldn't find it but it was in one of the little documentaries that he killed somebody by letting rats eat them like i don't i don't get that yeah it's fucking weird but um he'd even poison people you know with different things whether it was in their food or just whatever um and he eventually became known as the ice man because he would sometimes uh put the put his victims in a freezer and he'd keep them in the freezer for like three years and then dump their bodies so like the medical examiners would never know like their time of death because they were frozen for years um so he wouldn't do that, or he'd just dump the bodies just random places, leave them. Like, he, 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 did, he didn't fucking care. It just kind of depended on what mood he was in, basically. Um, and it was finally in 1986 that an, an undercover agent uh, caught up with him. Um, he ended up getting arrested right, right before Christmas, uh, December 17, 1986, after investigators staged a cyanide purchase deal. Um, and then in march of 1988 they found him guilty only of five murders because at this time he had only been charged with because he they didn't nobody knew about how many people he killed until he was already in jail he was like fuck it so um he was sentenced to consecutive (laughs) consecutive life sentences um and wouldn't be eligible for parole until he turned 110 years old um but he died March 5th, 2006, at the age of 70. Uh, And people to this day still think it was kind of suspicious because um, he was about to testify against a former mobster. 
Um, so he had that going for him too. But the autopsy said that he died of natural causes. But because the mob was so crazy, they probably doctored that shit too. I'm sure they probably had something to do with it. Um, and just as a couple little fun facts are thrown in there, you know, um, he was married twice. His first wife, uh, he was married to for nine years. They had two sons. His second wife had two girls and a boy, and he was with her up until he died. Um, and he would, he, they started out kind of poor, but as we, he started working for the mob. They was paying him like crazy. So he was buying a new car every six months, going on family trips, nice dinners. He really didn't drink, do drugs, nothing like that. Like his vice was just fucking killing people. Um, he's a he was a faithful man. He didn't cheat on his wives or anything, you know. So, what a man! 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 Spoiled his kids, like, and his family like had no idea about any of this. Like, they had no idea until he was arrested, and they were like, "Not my dad!" Like, what? Could you imagine? Well, could you just uh, <laughs> my pal? Imagine. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, I know that's kind of like yes. a, a quick version of him, but if you ever want to look up like different murders he committed or watch his documentary, I think there was actually a movie made about him like in 2012-ish, 13-ish, something like that. Um, the documentary made me cry because I just, it's just the fact that he really, like he really loved his family because people like that you would think just I mean, he had no emotion, whatever, when it came to killing, yeah. but he had emotion and he actually like, kind of like cried in the documentary. Yeah. Only like, talking about his family. That's the yeah, only thing that, that, that gets like, him even sure. somewhat emotional. Cause they also say that he could be known, like he's called the ice man because like, literally he's like cold as ice. Like he don't give a fuck. Like he, like, yeah, I did it. Like in the documentary, even talking about it, like he's just like mm-hmm. talking like it's any normal thing. Exactly exactly but yeah if y'all have never heard of the Iceman look him up but who wants to go next oh, I can't don't, don't all I was about to say don't all jump at once <laughs> come in like a door we'll be waiting for you, for you. okay oh. so. so I am doing Bobby Joe long i felt like his name needs to be said that way because that's a country name bobby joe long bobby joe he's a libra october 14th so uh i'm gonna start backwards so on november 3rd 1984 a young lady named Lisa McVeigh was riding home from her job at the donut shop and she was a little scared because it had been like some like random murders or whatever so she was a little scared but she went about her little journey like yeah nothing yeah it can't happen to me not not gonna happen to me I'm I'm good well Bobby Joe came and knocked her off her bike he ended up holding her at gunpoint for 26 hours. And for that full 26 hours, he just raped her Excuse the whole time. So for 26 hours, this 17-year-old girl was being raped over and over, uh, not knowing if this man was going to kill her. And he more than likely was. So um, 
she was able to like convince him into letting her go. She was like, oh, you know, we don't have to tell anybody about this. I can be your girlfriend and we could just kind of, you know, keep this thing going. Like trying to tell him anything to get him to let her go. And she was like, well, you know, my, my dad, he's sick and there's nobody else to, to look after him. Like you gotta, like, you think you can like let me go. So I'll be able to take care of him. So for some reason he went ahead and felt bad enough to let her go. And um, she went to uh, the police and she was able to like give like a vague description. She couldn't really, cause he kept her blindfolded for most of the time or whatever. But she remember his license plate. She um, she tried to leave fingerprints all over the bathroom. Um, she could remember the pock marks on his face. Um, he had a small mustache, small ears, short hair, clean cut, kind of stout, but not overweight. So like that's like kind of like not even really all that helpful. But uh, she was able to give him what she gave him. So they end up arresting him and finding out that he killed at least 10 to 14 women. They had been looking for him. He um, killed like prostitutes. So that's something that people aren't looking for, you know? That's people sad. don't really... Eh. And this was in the 80s, so people really wasn't like nobody cared <clears throat> so he would like drive around um in all the areas known for like prostitution or where he knew women would like be by themselves so he would be like hey you know like you need a ride or he would actually proposition them you know for sex and they would get in the car and um he would tie them up he would he made like collars like these makeshift collars and he would put those on them excuse me he would uh he later told the police that he got pleasure from taking women and raping them and killing them so for some of them he strangled others he slit their throats or bludgeoned them to death and then he would like position their bodies in these like weird positions so in all they found that he had 10 victims so five were prostitutes two were strippers and three, well, one was a factory worker, a student, and then the other one, they don't know what she did. So when the when Lisa went to the police station to tell on him, he ended up killing two people by the time, two more people by the time the police found him and arrested him. What? And they ended up arresting him outside of a movie theater. So... Basically, he was probably at the movie theater looking for his next victim. So they found him and charged him. At the time, all they charged him with was the sexual battery and kidnapping of Lisa until he told on himself about all the other women. Um, he was at some point married and he had two kids, but he wasn't like the Iceman. He didn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> so he was sentenced to death July 25th 1986 for two out of the ten murders so um, I guess some of them they couldn't prove and then um, 
he ended up being executed. They they went through with it May 23rd, 2019. And his last meal was like roast beef and french fries. Oh, that's a psychopath. And soda. I love yeah. looking up um people's last Luckily, meals on, on death row. I think it's so yeah. so interesting. <laughs> yeah like this don't even match roast beef bacon french fries and soda mm, that is a psychopath if i've ever heard one like you did something wrong with you for sure but there's something that stands out in here that uh, some other serial killers have like the same issues or whatever he um had like multiple head injuries as a child like a lot of serial killers they say they had like trauma to the head as kids and I believe, like, right before him and his wife got a divorce or right after he had had a motorcycle accident and cracked his head, too. But I don't know why that, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know, maybe something shifts in their brain when they get cracked upside their head. Go get and, your uh, yearly brain skin, kid. Go do it. I don't know. But, yeah, he found, yeah. He was leaving bodies everywhere. And that it was took her. If, I'm pretty sure if they, if, if he wouldn't have let her go, he probably could have got a couple more years in. Because in the 80s, and you know, no forensics, no, you know, they, can't, they ain't doing no DNA stuff. He probably could have lasted a, a longer period of time. But Lisa McVeigh is now a... Hmm? I always get so sad when stuff like this involves prostitutes because I'm like, just let him make their money, please. Like, yeah. and it's because they're just alone and vulnerable and not many people know them or their names, so they're harder to track. And that's so sad to me. Yeah, or they ran away from home, so the parent, you know, nobody knows. Like, you find them, they don't have an ID on them. It takes you years mm-hmm. to find them because nobody's looking for them because it's like, ah, oh, they ran away. We don't know. I know a prostitute. But she the uh, Lisa girl... I mean, if you, I mean, if you, you know her, her you know her too. I'm gonna text you her name. We went to school with her. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, okay. I know, I know escorts. I don't know prostitutes. You better get your money. Escorts are classier. Thank you. We're in 2020. We support. Um, do what you gotta do, fam. <laughs> I think it's a it's a thing going around now. They're trying to make sex work legal, so it won't be so. Um, so stuff like this doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. So they don't have to wander the streets and stuff like that. But the girl who turned him in, Lisa McVeigh, she's now a sheriff's deputy and has been for quite some time now. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You're in your trauma into a, a day job. I don't know how it's going to work. That you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't. That was a wild ride. I guess it's a nice wild ride to death. I, I need my fiance. <laughs> um. Okay, so I guess it's my turn. Um. 
Oh, no. Yeah, Ruby, your turn. Thank you. My fiance just brought me pizza. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you could be chewing while you're talking. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. I love him. Okay, no, I'm not going to lie to y'all. The tequila shot's kind of going in the head. So buckle up. This is going to be a very bumpy ride <laughs> for the story I'm about to tell <laughs> My thing is, is that like it was, it's already a bumpy ride of a story and it's kind of long. So I'm going to try and I'll be bouncing back and forth. It's fine. So this is Catherine Knight. I don't know if, yeah. So mm -mm. basically I'm going to kind of skip her early life because it was kind of a mess, which is, you know, to be assumed didn't have the best parents. I mean, like, her mom was married and then had an affair with a man, and that, and her, the man she had an affair with was her dad, and her dad was, like, super abusive to her mom, to her siblings, everything. It was just really, really, really bad. So, we're going to skip. She was born 1955. We're going to skip to 1973, when she met her first husband, David Collette. I think that's how you say it. Um, so Catherine first met David, um, yeah, 1973, he was an alcoholic too, but because he has really been through some stuff in his life, like he saw like his best friend get killed in front of him. He saw the school bus full of kids get hit by a train in front of him. And he like helped get the kids off the train and help with the bodies. Like it was just very traumatizing. So he was an alcoholic, which like, rightfully so honestly because that's just a lot uh, um yeah so they started dating um and she was known as like so if he would get into a fight at a bar she would be right behind him like fist ready like he was in a fight she was in a fight so I guess you would look at her as a ride or die but not really <laughs> so <laughs> after because his drinking and stuff he lost his job which is like very sad um but they go on with their lives in 1974 they got married um <laughs> so on their day the day of their wedding her mother said to david and i quote this is a quote this is what david had said that her mother said the old girl as he's talking about Catherine's mother said to me to watch out. She said, you better watch this one or she'll effing kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing in your eft. Don't ever think of playing up on her. She'll effing kill you. And that was her mother talking. She told me she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. So that's what he said. By the way, this is in Australia. It's not in America. This is in Australia. So on their wedding night, Catherine tried to strangle him and she later explained it was because he fell asleep after only having sex three times. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just, that's the first thing. <gasps> that's a lot. Cause I know. I, I'm one and done. Like, like, that's a lot. <laughs> 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 she said you better get some fucking Viagra or something. Something. I'm like, and the thing is, like, if I went into more detail with her, like, 
childhood, it may like make some sense, but you don't miss anything from there. So um, the marriage continued to kind of be a little bit violent. So when she was pregnant with their first kid, um, she burned all of David's clothing and shoes before hitting him across the back of the head with a frying pan. Um, simply because he had arrived home late from a darts competition after reaching the finals. Um, in fear for his life, he fled um, from their house to a neighbor's and he collapsed there because he had a fractured skull from the frying pan blow, obviously. Um, the police wanted to charge her, but she changed her behavior and talked him into dropping the charges. So in May 1976, shortly after the birth of her first child, Melissa, it's her daughter, um, David left her for another woman and moved to another part of Australia because he couldn't um, cope with her abuse. The next day, Catherine... I can't he was brave enough to leave. <laughs> just wait for it. Um, the next day, Catherine was seen pushing her new baby in a stroller down, the, down a main street violently throwing it from side to side. So then she was admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital, which is, I guess, a mental hospital, um, where she was diagnosed with postnatal depression and spent several weeks recovering. After being released, um, Catherine placed her daughter, who was now two months old, she placed her on a railway um, shortly before a train was due to come by. She then stole an axe, went into town, and threatened to kill several people. A man who's known, who was known in the district as Old Ted um, was forging near the railway and found Melissa and rescued her like minutes before this train was supposed to pass. So then Catherine was arrested and again taken to St. Elmo's, Ho Elmo's Hospital, but apparently recovered signed her, and signed herself out the following day. A few days later, y'all, the thing is, is this isn't even like why she's in trouble. Just, so a few <laughs> days later, Catherine slashed the face of a woman with one of her knives and demanded she drive her to Queensland, which is the other part of Australia that David moved to, to find him. The woman escaped after they stopped at a service station, but by the time police arrived, Catherine had taken a young boy hostage and was threatening him with a knife. She was disarmed when the police attacked her with brooms and was admitted to the Morissette Psychiatric Psychri oh Hospital. Catherine told the nurses she had intended to kill the mechanic at the service station because he had repaired David's car, which had allowed him to leave, and then killed both her husband and his mother when she arrived in Queensland. When police informed David of the incident, he left his girlfriend, whom he had left Catherine for, and moved to where she was with his mother to support her. Oh, he ghetto. Catherine's <laughs> ghetto. They're all ghetto. So then Catherine was released on August 9th of 1976 into the care of her mother-in-law and along with David, and they moved to another part, like another suburb in Australia. Um, and then she obtained a job as a butcher, basically, which is appropriate, I guess. <laughs> on March 6th, 1980, they had another daughter, Natasha. 
1984, Catherine left David and moved to her parents' house and then to another house. And I guess she got an injury, so she got workers' comp and, like, all this stuff, so whatever. So then she got into another relationship with a man named David. Y'all, I'm really trying to go through this because it's a lot, but it's juicy. So David um, was a 38-year-old miner, and she met him in 1986. A few months later, um, he moved in with her and her daughters, um, although he had another apartment somewhere else in Australia. Um, Catherine soon became jealous um, regarding what of like stuff he did when she wasn't around and would often just like throw him out. Um, and then he would move back into his apartment and just all this stuff back and forth. Um, in May 1987, she cut the throat of his two-month-old dog in front of him for no reason other than to say, like, to show, like, an example of what would happen to him if he ever had an affair. <laughs> yeah, so it was just a lot. Um, they had, they got this, they ended up getting this house together. Oh, because they had a third, she had a third daughter. So she had a child with this man. They got this house. She decorated it with like animal skins and skulls and horns and all this really creepy stuff. Like even the ceiling wasn't left uncovered. Like every part of the house had like pitchforks and machetes and all this stuff. So after an argument where she hit David in the face with an iron before stabbing him in the stomach with a pair of scissors, he moved to his old apartment that he had. Um, and then he later returned home and he found he had cut up, she had cut up all of his clothes and he just immediately went into hiding because he's like, no, 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 no. Um, then another shorter relationship with this man named John Killingworth um, she became pregnant by this coworker. Um, there she keep a boo and a baby. Damn. Look, I know <laughs> it's a lot. Their relationship lasted three years before she left him for a man she'd been having an affair with, named John Price. Now here is the ultimate crazy, John Price. So, John Price was a father of three. I know this is real long. It's just real good, y'all. So, he was a father of three children. Um, and his marriage obviously ended. Hers ended. They got married. Um, but before, he was, like, refusing to marry her. And <laughs> when he did that, she decided to take a videotape of all the allegedly stolen stuff from his work and sent it to his boss. And apparently all the stuff he had stolen was out of date, but because his boss received that, he had to fire him. So he had that job for 17 years and she sent that videotape and got him fired because he wouldn't marry her. So then she is they wild. end up, it's just like so much. So he kicked her out that same day, and then a few months later, they got back together, and yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is with these men being like, you know what, maybe she's changed. So in February of 2000, a series of results, assaults on John Price culminated with Catherine stabbing him in the chest, finally fed him up. He kicked her out of his house. 
On February 29th, he stopped at a court on his way to work and took out a restraining order in an attempt to keep her away from both himself and his children. That afternoon, John told his coworkers that if he did not come, if he did not come to work the next day, it would be because Catherine had murdered him. And so they mm. basically were like, don't go back to the house. Just please don't, please don't. So he went back to his house. Okay. <laughs> so he arrived home to find that Catherine had sent away the children for a sleepover. So they were not at their house. So he um, spent the evening at one of their neighbor's houses and then went home and went to bed at like 11 p.m. Earlier that day, I guess Catherine had like bought this new like lingerie or something and then also videotaped all her children making these weird comments that it basically later had been interpreted as like a crude will. So she then later, so while he's sleeping, arrived at the house and sat and watched television for a few minutes before having it before taking a shower. And then she, and then she woke up John and they did it. And then he fell asleep. At 6 a.m. the next day, the neighbor became concerned that John's car was still in the driveway because I guess he'd been talking to them like, help, like, ooh, this is not good. So, and then when they didn't, he didn't arrive to work, they, the employer sent a worker to like his house to see like what was wrong. So both the neighbor and the worker tried knocking on the bedroom door to wake him, but alerted the police after they noticed blood on the front door. So the police arrived at 8 a.m. Breaking down the back door, police found John John's body with Catherine's body comatose from taking a large number of pills. She had stabbed him with a butcher's knife while he was sleeping. And according to the blood evidence, he awoke and tried to turn the light on after, before attempting to escape while Catherine chased him through the house. He managed to open the front door and get outside, but but either stumbled back inside or was dragged back into the hallway where he finally died after bleeding out. So then later, Catherine went into town and withdrew $1,000 from his account at an ATM. And then his autopsy revealed that he had been stabbed at least 37 times in both his front and, front and back of his body. So several hours, this is... Several hours after John had died, Catherine skinned him. This is a warning for all my sensitive stomach people out there. This is where it gets just not good. So she skinned him and hung the skin from a meat hook on this arch that like led into the living room. She then decapitated him and cooked parts of his body, serving up the meat with baked potato, pumpkin, beetroot, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy in two settings at the dinner table, along with notes beside each plate, each having the name of one of John's children on it. So she was preparing to serve like his, like his, his, him to his children. Man, did anybody take a bite? No. So like, I guess they were still, she did that like early morning. So like she, I don't know. So then a third meal was thrown on the back lawn for unknown reasons. And they think that it was like, she, they think she tried to eat it, but then she just like, couldn't do it. And then just, 
So when the police found his head in a pot with vegetables, it was still hot. So that's why they think it was early morning when she did that. Um, so yeah, so that was, all, there was this like crazy note written that didn't make any sense. So then there was this whole trial and um, she initially offered to plead guilty to manslaughter, but it was rejected. This is like all in 2001 and this whole thing went on. There was like 60 jury prospects, but then the judge was like, hey, like this is really gruesome if you can't do it, like don't do it. And a few of them were like, yeah, we're not gonna do it. Cause it was just like that gross. Um, then they tried to do like the sac psychiatric thing on her, like the test, whatever. So all in all, basically she ended up being, uh, getting life in prison without the possibility of parole, which is the first woman in Australian history for ever getting that. Then in June, 2006, she tried to appeal the life sentence claiming that a penalty of death in prison without possibility of parole was too severe for that killing. Um, but then the, everyone was, the judges and everyone were like, no, ma'am, absolutely not. So she is still in prison serving this life sentence. And that's Catherine Knight. <laughs> is, she a big, is, is she a big woman? Like, she was, I heard this woman, everybody asked. Um, she's like, I don't know. She's kind of like normal, like size. I don't, this is, I mean, this is, that's her. Man, she was like a librarian. That's the thing. Like, how did these men get bamboozled? It's a lot. It was a lot, but I read it and my jaw was just dropped the whole time. She was a crazy lady. Worse than what's the lady, the monster? The, mo the monster? The movie monster is about Eileen Warnos. She was, a, uh, she was a, a female serial killer in America that killed uh, a bunch of men because basically she says from post-traumatic stress syndrome from being, she was a prostitute. So basically she was saying that she would like blank out, I guess, every time she was with a man and then like flip out and kill him. So she killed like a ton of men. She would, you know, do her... Uh, she would get them because they were thinking they picking up a prostitute and then um, she would end up killing them. She got the death penalty. She is no longer here. Oh. It's wild to me that, I mean, I don't know what Australia's like death penalty thing is. But I they feel clearly like don't have strong laws at all because she, she, she got away with a lot. She got away with so much. Like, bam. Yeah, so she's going to spend the rest of her life in there. I wonder where the children are. Because that's a lot of, that's a bunch of kids that was a part of this. I wonder where they all are. Imagine if they would have, like, actually came home and eaten them. Oh, man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Man. I, I, I feel like somebody else did that, too. Um. Uh, 
<laughs> trying to feed people a body. Ugh. Silence of the Lambs. I don't know. <laughs> no, Zach, in real watching, no. <laughs> Zach and I have been watching Hannibal, and that's it's a real it's a really good show, but it's so gruesome and gross and yeah. I so, started it and I had to. I didn't. I can't finish it. I just gotta figure out time because I. I get bored and then I'm like, eh, and then I never go back to it, but I'm going to try again because I did watch the first season. I'm just going to have to start over. Yeah, no, you just have to get through the first few episodes and smooth sailing from there. Well, I guess that's our episode for this week. I feel like that may be our longest yet. Thanks to me. (laughs) (laughs) There was just too much to... I couldn't skip out on some of that information. It's just too much. Too wild. But so um, you guys uh, come back and see us next week and the week after and the week after and mm-hmm. make sure you like and share. Follow and us on all the and Tweet it and Instagram it and snap it. Thanks to all of our supporters so far. We love y'all so much. Thank y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Have a great week. Yes. Bye.